You're listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. Welcome to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. As always, I'm joined by the very laid back and chilled Joe Cole. What happened? To, what's that? More tech problems, big man. Like, you, you're just exposing me like that. I, I Listen, I love you to death. It, it, but it, I tell you what, mate. Painful, it? it is painful. You would be known... If this was a football team, mate, you'd be cleaning the dressing rooms. <laughs> with the, <laughs> some of these performances, JC. Oh, I'm no, like, mate. I'm, I'm, when you get on here... You're liquid gold. You're amazing. No, but, but I, I swear, Tom, right? I told you how I feel about technology. 15 years ago, I made a thing to, like, my phone broke, frustrated me, and I thought, right, that's it. I'm done with it. I'm not having nothing. I don't want no upgrades or, any, or anything like that. I just don't do technology, and I'm just, I'm just sticking with it. Right? So this is, this is a tough time for me, lockdown. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, it's a tough time for Joe Cole. Tough time for me every week waiting for <laughs> two hours. Trying to have to explain to these amazing guests we are. Why Joe, I know, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, look, it shows, it, if nothing else, it shows how much people love you within the game. I thought Coley was just going to just abuse me last week. Well, look, That was uh, a longer time than that. Gareth, how long was we? We was half an hour waiting well, there, it, it, We was a good hour. I've heard you've made people wait an hour, so I was quite happy. I know, hour, mate. Probably. Listen, I'm it's not diverish. Trust me. <laughs> it's not diverish. I just can't get onto the fucking computers. Joko's the only person who does a podcast with a rider list. He thinks he's Rihanna. <laughs> 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 he turns up like he's at a party an hour late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've half, we've half Don't be the first at a party, mate. Don't be the first at a party. Listen, we've half introduced him. Let me give this guy a big, big, big welcome. He is, he's a legend of the game. He's a legend of football. I love this man. Yeah. He is a title winner. The man with the most Premier League appearances ever, ladies and gentlemen. Gareth Barry. Yes, boss. Yes. Hi, boys. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for having welcome, me on the show. Welcome, mate. Welcome. I don't, I don't think you, I don't think you've done enough there, Tom. That was, you, do you know what the, tra- <laughs> the trouble is, more Joe. Premier League games than anyone else. You've taken the fizz out of the lemonade on the basis me and Gareth have been talking about gardening for the last hour. Well, okay. if you... <laughs> I don't need no more introduction than that. It's all good. <laughs> How do you feel about that, though? All joking aside, like, that's an amazing, that is an amazing thing. The most Premier League appearances. That's, that's incredible. Like, how many was it in the end? Uh, six, six, five, three. So, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of that. I can't play that one down. I'm very proud that I got to that number of games in you know, the Premier League, which is, the, the league across all, all the world and, you know, the, the, the main game in the world and to, to have them appearances, yeah, I can't play that down, I'm proud. What's, um, what's James Milner on back? Because I, I, like, I think the way football's heading at the moment, and, unless James Milner beats it, I, I can't see anyone having that kind of longevity because the Premier League's, it's always been the toughest league, but now it's, it's unforgiving. The, to play that many games is just... I don't, I don't, I think Gareth might have that record for a long, long time. Cause like when Giggsy got it, I did not think anyone would beat him. And it would take someone like Gareth who play like 20 plus years in the Premier League, doesn't get injured. Milner's on, James is on 549. So that's over yeah. 100 behind Gareth. So I, I think he's got to go some, you know, maybe it wasn't me. He seems evergreen, but it's a yeah. hell of a, like you say, a hell of a thing. I mean, yeah, I remember, I remember when I passed it, they asked me if anyone could possibly do it. And, you know, James was, was one I mentioned, really, knowing, knowing what he's like, mm. how professional he is, and, you know, the position he's playing. So, yeah. Mm. So, he, he, he doesn't even let me beat him at golf, so he'll probably beat that record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'd have thought the opposite. I'd have thought, looking back at when you both started, I'd have thought the game would have sort of taken its toll more then. I thought, you know, players certainly weren't, didn't see like, you know, rash challenges or whatever injuries probably were sort of like worse. But would you say the game's harder now or harder back then? Um, yeah, it's a completely different game, isn't it? Um, I, I think there's more players around now. There's more competition in terms of, you know, breaking through. I definitely felt when I was coming through, it was easier for a young young player to, to get games. Now they're coming from all over the world to want to play in the Premier League. So, yeah, it's just the way the game's gone has gone a completely different road. I have arguments with my colleagues on when we punditing on games and because I feel the game now has improved. I think everything improves over time. You know, it's why world records constantly get beat. And I think tactically now, you watch like, even like, like Scotty's Fulham team, the way they pass the ball, the level of, like the, the, the way that the, the movements in the team, the, the technical ability, the speed of some of them, and they're a team bottom two, you know, bottom three in the Premier League. So I think tactically we've come on bundles. I think the players are better athletically because of not only lifestyle, but techniques in training. Um, Gareth's right in saying it is such a different style of football, but I do think it's better. And, I, and I'm controversial when I talk to my colleagues and players. I think the players now are more well-rounded. There's some things they're not as good at, you know, men, the mentality thing, because I think when we you get into the first team early, but you're sort of forged in the fire, there's a lot more, you know, the managers get on you, and there's a lot more narcissist, and you have to, I think nowadays there's a lot more support for the younger players, but I think they're certainly better tactically and, and technically, and, 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 and I'd argue physically, because there was no Adama Traore's 20 years ago, was there, guys, when we were coming through? <laughs> yeah, it's like you're saying, everything gets quicker, doesn't it? Everything gets yeah. stronger. You, you can tell that, the pace of the game. And yeah, I think I think that's why my yellow cards just topped up as I got <laughs> into my career. Just, uh, I went from having hardly any in the first 10 years, and then all of a sudden, it was a different game. I mean, talking about that, I mean, the, the, that must have been when you went to Man City and you were like, that that incredible, that amazing end to the season. But was that like a real sort of like culture shock for you at all? Or were you like, you know, did, was the the way that you know, Mancini was playing or whatever? How was that? How did you find that? Yeah, it was another it was another great experience. But, you know, I'd already played for England by the time I'd gone there. So sort of playing with big names, you know, no, nobody in the dressing room, we were like looking up to and, and, and fearful of being in the dressing room. And my my thing there was, you know, I went to Man City to, to win win trophies. You know, I had a great time at Aston Villa, played loads of games, but unfortunately we couldn't get over the line and, and win a trophy. So, yeah, in my mind there was just, you know, I was thankful for the players they signed that were able to to, to finally get get me a trophy in a, in a, in a career that was, uh, you're thinking at that time, in your late 20s, it's running out of time. You know, little did I know I was going to play another eight or nine years after. Garrett, was there any opportunities when you were at Villa over the years? Because you must, I remember you being linked with Liverpool, was it? Yeah. Was there other times when you know, being a quality young English player, there must have been the big four or the big two or wherever it was, must have been sniffing around at times. Was it ever close going anywhere else? No, up up until that Liverpool move, probably the year before I went to Man City, there was there was no sort of interest from the like where I was thinking I'm making a big upward step here. You know what I mean? Right. To try and entice me. So the big the big four, it probably was at the time, weren't it? There was no interest from them. There was, really? there was little bits from other teams that I saw as maybe a sideways step or a, a little upward step, but because I was so happy with uh, uh, with my time at Villa and enjoying my football, I just thought, you know, just just hang around and wait for that right one. And it didn't happen until, uh, you know, in the late 20s. So, 
How did, when Mancini stepped in there and you first met him at, because you, you were part, I suppose, of that sort of, you know, the rebirth of sort of Man City and Man City becoming a, the team we know now, the sort of noisy neighbours. So how, how was, what was the dream that Mancini sold you? What was the vision? Yeah, the, the words they were that, that, listen, I was so close to, to signing for Liverpool. Um, and, you know, people were so surprised I chose Man City over, over Liverpool that they were in the Champions League at the time. But they just, they put it simple. They said, this, this is a uh, fast moving train. You either, you either get it on it or you don't. They had so much belief. They were going to go and do what they have done, really, apart from in the Champions League. You know, we're talking 2009, this is 12 years ago. They, they had so much belief that, the, uh, that they could take Man City to levels that they have gone and done. And I knew I was going to get a bit of stick for, for, for choosing Manchester City over a team in the Champions League, but I, I honestly believed it was the, the right one, the right, the right move to make. Who, who signed when you signed at that point? Who, 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 who else did they bring in that season? So that's that summer, um, Adebayor came from Arsenal, uh, Carlos Tevez come from Man United, Jolien Lescott from Everton, Rocky Santa Cruz. So you know they were they were they were big names that um, that were trying to get to the next level, and probably wasn't to the year after they really made the big signings in Aguero, Silva, and that was when you know the trophies started to come. What Man City have done remarkably well is they've come in and effectively they, they've bought their way like Chelsea did. You know, they spent the money, you know, above and beyond what, uh, what's usual. And, but they've kept their image. I think everyone seems to love Man City still. Whereas I think at Chelsea straight away, I felt I'm coming into a team where there's a lot of dislike and distaste for us because of the money. Everywhere we was going that year, we was, you could sense from the crowd. But I think Man City and as a, a, a sort of, I think people sort of, I don't know if people are used to it by then, but uh, big owners coming in and spending money, but they sort of, um, they kept the image right. And I think that's credit to the type, you know, I would say there was a, there wasn't a particularly not like nice team. There, there's some nastiness in them, you know, you, they, you know, people put their foot in and, uh, that was a great side physical. I played that Man City side handed me probably my, my most horrible day on a football pitch when we, I don't know if Gareth was still there at the time where, remember when they beat West Ham in the semi final, mate, six nil. I mean, I've been marked by Zabaleta and um, I've never seen a player look at me with pity. Like, he looked at me like, after 70 <laughs> minutes, I'm chasing him back and he just said, why? He said, why? Why do you play like this? And I couldn't even breathe. I went, I said, I, I don't know, Geese. I don't know. <laughs> he went, he said, I was horrible. So I know how good that team was. I think credit to the owners. They just brought all the right players in at the right time. Gareth was the right player at that time to really just put into that spine of the team that went on to, to win nearly everything. And I'm, I'm, the only surprising thing is they've not won the Champions League yet with the quality that they've had in there. I mean, I, I can't fathom that. I don't know what, how they've not won it so far. I mean, that, to, to go into that, that first league title for Man City, which was, you know, it was, I think anyone who loves football, it was, it was an incredible thing to watch unfold. What was that like from your perspective, that final day? Like, could you remember it like sort of in great detail? Yeah, I do because I've, I've, I've generally don't well hardly ever watch games back, but that's that's shown on the TV uh, quite often, and I sit there still nervous as anything watching it. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's. Um, I just remember on the day, I was just thinking that first goal was going to be so important. Our home record was unbelievable; we hadn't lost for a long time. Uh, Zabaleta scored, and I'm thinking in my head, you know, it's his job done. It's his job done. Yeah. We're playing QPR at home. We're one 0 up. We can keep the ball. And then all of a sudden, the second half, from nowhere, two sort of strange goals. You find yourself 2-1 down and it's, you know, you're running around on that pitch thinking, 
is the end of the world here. But I, I, I remember sitting on the bench with James Milner and just, we're talking like, what's going on? How have we thrown this away? The title's gone. All that hard work, the position we were in, all we needed to do was beat QPR and, you know, you're 2-1 down with 89 minutes gone. There's a helicopter flying around above us and we're going, that's the Premier League trophy going up to Sunderland, that. <laughs> all of a sudden, Jacko pops up and, you know, the Aguero moments, just, you know, one in a, one in a, life, one in a lifetime uh, moment, isn't it, that, you know, I was, I was lucky enough to be involved in. Do you, I mean, what was the party like after that? That must have been incredible, right? Yeah, you, you're getting that drunk, aren't you, that you don't remember it. But, but Joe will tell you, when, when you win trophies, and for me, the first league title, it's so much relief. Joe, did you feel relief? Yeah. Like the body yeah. just, just drops to the floor. Like you're knackered, aren't you? You're absolutely knackered. And relief is the word I'd use. If, yeah. When I won the FA Cup, when I won the league, relief's like, oh, thank God I've achieved that. And it's almost yeah. so hard to find another gear to party. I don't know, I found a couple of gears after that. <laughs> you got more gears than me, Coley. <laughs> Do you? I mean, is that, like, having that moment, right, where, where you win those things, like you say, okay, and it's weird, I've never really thought about that. Did that, in a way, like, did that take pressure off, in a sense, of, like, for the rest of your career, you sort of go, well, you know, for the percentage of kids who have a dream yeah. of becoming a footballer to the people who sort of like try and make it to the people that you've played with to all of a sudden you're a Premier League winner right and you're an FA Cup winner is in a way there the pressure of you the next season the season after that do you think well I've done that now or, or how did that work if I'd have left my career without winning the trophy I would have I would have felt unfulfilled so I, I agree with Gareth in that sense it's like a relief you know it's like you feel like wow I've, I've done it and this, this. but we're greedy by nature. And as soon as the next season starts, you want to do it again and you want to do it again and you want to do it again. And one thing you don't do is you don't enjoy it as much at the time. You don't appreciate it. Your football career goes by in a blink of an eye. And I say it to all young players, I say, just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. It's the best bit of advice I've got was because it does go by so fast. I still can't believe I'm retired. I still wake up every morning <laughs> and think to myself, oh, when's training start? And then I realise I'm just, you know what I mean? Podcaster now. <laughs> Yeah, Joe, Joe won trophies a lot earlier in his career than me. But as a footballer, you, you're getting judged. I I'd played for England. I'd been to the European Championship, been to a World Cup, uh, played loads of games. But you know, if you finish a career without winning a trophy, it's just the nature of the world. That'll get thrown at you. So for me, mm. uh, to, 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 win, to win the, uh, the FA Cup and the league was, was something I, I needed and wanted in my career so much. So it was, uh, it was nice to sign off then. That was that season as well where... Like someone like Mancini, and I love Mancini as a player. I thought he was he was a great. But how did and there was a lot of pressure on him. I'm imagining at that time. But how did he deal with the different characters? Because you know Balotelli that year, Aguero, Tevez. What, what were they like in the dressing room? Well, Ma Mancini, he come in for Mark Hughes, and you know he he was a winner. Now winners aren't always liked, as Joe will say. They're not. You know, if you if you ask a lot of players about Mancini that played under him at City. They'll say, well, I didn't like him, I didn't like him, but he was a winner and it, that's what that dressing room needed. He needed to, he needed to bring discipline. Uh, he, need, he needed, the, the team needed a different style. He, he formed a, a very strong defensive team and, you know, if you sign in top players that can attack, you know, if you get the defensive side right, the others can, can be left to do, do what they do. And yeah, he, he was definitely what the club needed at the time and, you know, it was, it was a, it was a very good move by, on, on behalf of the club to, to, to bring him in and, as you as you say, there was a lot of egos in it, and that that Tevez story where he, we're playing Bayern Munich and he doesn't bring him on, and 
all of a sudden <laughs> he's flying home to, to Argentina for three months. We're carrying on the season without him. It was just, it was an argument that's happened in the dressing room. And then all of a sudden you've lost the player for three months. The managers, they, it's one of their, one of their strengths of a good manager. They distract from the scoreline. We've been beaten by, I think it was Bayern Munich or somebody in the Champions League. He's distracted and made the whole story about Carlos Tevez. Little yeah. did he know that it was going to blow up that much. Carlos Tevez got the ump and flew, flew <laughs> home. That, that, that sort of helped. Carlos had a nice rest, come back for the last six, eight games. And, you know, he was, he was the final bit of the jigsaw puzzle there. He come home and really helped us galvanise the end of the season. Did that, like, when he came back though, how did he, I mean, that, for me, I don't know if I'd have the front to walk back into a dressing room and walked away for three months. But I'm not Carlos Tevez, and I love Carlos, as you can imagine. But how 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 did he handle himself when he came back? Well, there's, it was it was we needed him when 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 you need somebody, you open him up. With, you know, if we were if we had won the league already, Carlos Tevez would have been like shown the door wouldn't have been open. But we yeah. we'd, we'd seen United go back above us, and we're missing Carlos now. We could do with him. What not a word was said to him from the lads. I don't think he was going to get judged on what he'd done on the pitch. And I think one of the one of the first games he was was Norwich away. He scored a couple of goals and you know celebrated doing the golf swing because he'd been playing golf for three months. And we were like, that's, that's fine if you keep scoring goals, you keep yeah. celebrating like that. And you know he come back and played a massive part. And you know that season we won the league. It was crazy that that actually happened in in that season. People forget about it. Did you have any anything like that in your career, Joe? Yeah. Uh, what get get off for three months? <laughs> no, I got, got off a few times for three months. <laughs> um, no, uh, I'm trying to think. There Were was you there like with Carlo Futre? Were you there when he just? No, it's before out. my time. I mean, I was there when when um, Hartson kicked Berkovic. Oh yeah, as a young lad. Uh, well, how, how does that play out though with the rest of the players? We because I remember that obviously it's really well. Uh, Mate, I, I remember like, I must have been 16 and I was on the pitch next to him. And I just remember, it sounds bad now, but I just remember Wrighty laughing. Yeah, right. And I didn't know what happened. And then someone said, oh, Hartson and Berkovich had a fight. And I remember thinking, well, that, that might not going to end well for Isle. <laughs> and, then, uh, and anyway, so the training got called off and I've thought, I've gone into like the medical room and I just see Isle holding his face, shouting and Harry trying to calm him down the physio there. And I think Big John was just getting on with life. Like, you know I mean? uh, there was a bit of tension between them, but do you know what people don't realise is how good they were together? That's you what know, I was going to say. Was, they were amazing together. It was just, they were like, I just, I think there might have been a friction. I, I was a good guy, but he's spiky. I, I actually yeah. spoke to him last week, Isle. He's got an Israel, he's the Michael Parkinson of Israel. He's got a chat show, not for football, no serious. He gets politicians on and like, and a friend of mine was saying, is he good at it? He went, he's amazing because he just don't give a f-. Like, he'll just, if he got Boris on now, he'd be like, Boris, what's the plan yeah. with the pandemic, fella? Come on, what are you doing? Keep Why it light, Joe, keep it light. Sorry. But- <laughs> so what happened, yeah, Joe? Was-, was it, was it as he wound him up or was it just football? Like, a, there was a, a bit scrap? like, he was, I think I could rub you up the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's, he's, sl- he, John's kicked him and then I will slap John on his thigh and then John's just volleyed him <laughs> and while he was yeah. on his knees and yeah. then right, he, all like, that's right, he's, you know, right, his laugh was, ah, like, I'll scream and then it just all sort of, but yeah. these things, the, the problem that day was at West Ham, Harry would just let the cameras in. Like yeah. back in the day, like it was carnage at West Ham because it just fat, like 
fans would come in, but then the, the media would come in any day you want, come in, roll in, watch training. And the amount of times it used to go off at training, you know, just because it was the night, like late nineties and it was West Ham, it was this carnage and the fans would be there and Harry would be scrambling, trying to, you know, make sure that there was no cameras and no pictures taken. Just on that particular day, there was someone who took a camera of it. Otherwise no one would have ever known it. It would just been a yeah. normal day. These things happen. But, um, but do they happen a lot in football? Like to you both, I mean, like, and, and how does it pay, like pan out? I mean, I, I, in your everyday life, you sort of, you know, people put down a boozer or whatever, a couple of your mates might have an argument and you might take a side or you might just think, oh, shut up, you'll be all right in the morning. How how does that work out when you're, you're playing with people? Is there side taking or do you just sort of no, think like, same. someone else? Yeah. Same. Just, you know, it, it's not regular. We're not like animals, but you're, you're, you have like your, your, Football's a, uh, obviously a physical game and, you know, there's egos and there's, um, testosterone. It does happen. I've swerved as, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not a fighter at all. So I managed to just bob and weave a few times out of a few. <laughs> Done the old, like, hold me back one. You know, <laughs> <laughs> who did you do that with? It, but, <laughs> mate, Carlo Ferreira. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, Ian Pierce. Ian Pierce. Ian Pierce. Big Ian Pierce, mate. And I was like, Trust me, there was the moonwalking going on from me. <laughs> but I was giving it loads. <laughs> Have everyone a pick on Big Ian Pierce. I know, I know. But I had a little, uh, I've only had the handbags in training. Yeah. I had a little, I had a, um, a thing with, uh, remember Bernard Mendy? We had a little thing. I got banned, seven, I got banned for two games. I got 17 grand for that. We had, a, that was after a game. It, it, little melee and he's tried to headbutt me. And I just threw a punch at him and then he got broken up. But then I got the most expensive punch I've ever thrown. <laughs> Probably one of the only punches ever thrown. It was sh- shocking. I don't know if I... But um, yeah, so I won that fight. One nil, one nil cold. <laughs> Did you ever have any, any anything like that, Gareth? Like any little... He's too training? smooth, GB. No, um, I'd say it, it's going to happen. It happens all the time. I was, I was thinking, that, did it happen back, back in the day more than it does now? But probably don't. You, you're training every day. It's competitive. You, you're playing mm. against people for the same position. When when things aren't going well at a club, they generally happen a bit more. Lads are fired up. They're, they're thinking, oh, "I need to get in the team." It happens. Mm. And, you know, I, I remember two or three over the years. Um, Colo Turi, me at me and him at Man City. But I don't think there was ever punches thrown. You, you, you're squaring each other up, waiting to someone break mm. you up, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come I'll on, t- break us up. I'll tell you, you are if you've picked a fight of Ian Pierce. Uh, no, yeah, I know, yeah. I know. I was far away when I was giving it. Though. I was far away enough to get away from the big man. Like, with with the Tevez thing, like Gareth, going back to that, did you like? Did you realise what was happening at the time when he? Flew, how long did like after he'd flown off? Did you it, sort of go? Oh, he's not coming back. Uh, well, it must have been before Christmas, and uh, yeah, you think he'd probably go home for a week and then calm down and then come back, and the story just blew up, got bigger and bigger, and he just didn't. He didn't seem bothered. He was. Honestly, he was photographed in in Argentina doing all sorts, playing golf on the beach. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, and all of a sudden we think, oh, he, must, he mustn't be coming back. So it must have been the case towards the end of the season where Man United had, had turned it round and gone back above us. And uh, yeah, the, phone, the sweet phone call must have got into Carlos and come back. I'm sure it was the last six games he come back for and we won all six. One of my other players, and I was really, I think he'd have been a really great signer for West Ham, was... Um... Balotelli, 
I'd, as a player, I loved what, when he was at City. I think he was really probably in his pomp there, and I thought he was. Do you reckon, big man? I mean, oh, man, I, 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 he had moments yeah, when he was at City. I love watching. I think as a fan, right, as a fan, and when you're sitting in the stadium and you have someone who can do something, you know, every now and again, but also feels that there's just, I, th- I suppose, that, I mean, Gareth, you, you played with him, you know him a bit. Yeah. There's an aura around him, and there was a sort of like almost. In, I know in a world, what I know what Joe's saying. I can tell from it, but he's. He's just unf- he's unfulfilled a bit the ability he's got. He's mm. he's he's probably at that spell he was probably looked over as, as maybe being overrated. Do you know what I mean? There was mm. there was four strikers there at the time, Aguero, Tevez, Zeko, and Balotelli, and he was he was fourth choice. He he did come on and, and, and score some big goals, but he was um yeah, it was more people were more intrigued with his character off the pitch, weren't they? And yeah, yeah, yeah. he had that cheeky, sort of immature like nature about him and you know, he was great to have around the dressing room. He used to wind Mancini up. You know, Mancini had him around the neck regularly in training because he, he just didn't do as he was told. And uh, he, Mancini was probably the only one who, who did get anything out of him in his career, which is, is so sad, yeah. really. I think he had one good spell yeah. with Italy at a championship. Yeah. But, you know, I look at him now, he's, I don't know how old he is, he must be 30. And, you know, it's, it's, it's sad to see. Yeah, it's quite sad. Go for you, because you like, you know, that's the that's the most animated I've seen you of like like when you when I was, he didn't agree with you there no 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 no, 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 no no but that, but then you know what, why what what's your thought uh, no, Balotelli I just um, forget all like the the character and all that I, I'm not interested in all of that I just think like Gareth I just think uh, he, he didn't have enough moments in his career to warrant the sort of the way he played like you know like I'm just thinking from my manager's head on I'm thinking right. You can't trust him to do a job in the sense that he's not going to, you can't say to him, right, I want you to get hold, get hold of the ball for me today, run the channels. And you can, then you can work on something else within your system because you know that's going to happen. He just might turn up and not fancy it. So he's not unreliable. So when I think, right, okay, he's got an unreliable player. He's going to win me enough points. You know, like, like, like someone like Carlos Tevez, right? I'd swallow him going to play golf for three months in Argentina. If when he comes back, I know that if if a chance falls to me in a crucial game, Tevez is going to put it away, <laughs> and he's going to run his socks off, and he's going to fight, and he's going to be part of the team. I just think Balotelli didn't tick enough boxes in his career. He's he's not been out there on show enough to, for people to even see what his strengths are for me. Like if somebody's yeah. saying some some Balotelli strengths up, what's he good at? People probably don't know that he's he's not been out there enough to see. But you know, his finishing was as good as anyone. Both feet, left and right, he could. You know, no back yeah. left, flying bottom corners, left foot, right foot. Um, you know, his movement was very good when he was on. He was on uh, ball. Um, yeah, he's just it, it was there, but he, he was he was unable to put it together for a, for a long enough period to for, for a career where he, he should have done so much more. Just talking about the fact, I suppose getting onto the title race. How much has that got to do with character? When you're looking at now, if you let's just pick out, say Leicester. Man City obviously now flying up, coming up behind Liverpool, United. Let's just use those as a four. How much does character and the people that you've got around you? How much does, is that everything for the title race? Do you think the last the last two months of the season, you got to get the job done no matter where you are. I said it last week, then I said this this title is going to be like pass a parcel. It's where, you know whoever's got the parcel when the music stops at the end of this, it's going to be the champion, isn't? And it could even be one of it's going to end up being one of four or five teams. Um, I think Man City are going to do it. I watched him play the last three games. He's, they're back to their best. Foden's, I think Foden's gone on to levels. Um, 
I just think if he keeps Sterling looks sharp the other night, scored a great guard. I, I love Man City. I love the way they play. I, I think they'll get the job done. I'm still thinking the same too before. Yeah, Liverpool, Man City. I, I just think Liverpool probably, they've probably had their bad spell now. I, I just don't think them, them forward players with Yotta coming back, I don't think they're going to go through another spell like that. So Liverpool, Man City, challenging it out when it comes to it at the end of the season. But yeah, I'm with Joe as well. Man City have hit the levels now that Guardiola expects them to. The way they pass the ball, uh, the tempo, um, they're obviously been pretty solid all season defensively. And, and it's amazing they're doing this with no striker. That's the thing that I yeah. think as well. Coming into next year, like if, if they keep the seat team together, like this is, I'd say, arguably one of the most solid sides that Pep's had. Like, it's yeah. actually, like you say, defensively and, and the way that they're, you know, they're playing the game. If you add, like, you know, in, in Dreamwell for City fans, but if you add, like, a Haaland or someone to that team who can, who's going to come in as an out and out goal scorer, that's a terrible, all of a sudden, you know, everyone's saying, I'll oh, sit you on the ropes. And at the beginning of the season, saying that Pep had a lot of work to do. You look yeah. at it now and you think, well, actually, you know, he's, he's sort of, I think Diaz has been a great, I think, great sign. Yeah. Stones is, I'm talking to people who his interview after the game uh, at the weekend, I thought was just, you know, to the two goals you watch him and see that's that's what it takes to be a foot for both of him and Madison have probably both come My, into a bit of some unfair criticism to then sort of up their game no, that's big what, man. it wasn't it like so it's John Stones right I've, that's a good point I love John Stones but he's tested my patience. I've loved him for when he was a kid like my first job at BT I had to break down John Stones and, and what he does well and what he needs to improve on and I forgot like I remember start, like looking at all of his clips and he was so impressive, but there was that last little bit he needed to put together. And then he was sort of, he, he sort of drifted out the team for 18 months and, and, you know, and people sort of written him off. But then you look at his age and he's 25. Center halves mature at a later age. So I yeah. still held out hope, you know, but he, all of a sudden he's in the wilderness from England and he's come back into this Man City team. It's like something clicked with him where. He's, he's concentrating throughout the 90 minutes. Now, there'll still be mistakes because of the nature of how he plays and the nature of the centre half is now. They're not, you're not going to get John Terry's and Rio Ferdinand's who just make maybe one mistake a year, you know, because this, they're, they're asked to do so much more now. And John Stones is, is, is such a talented boy, but something's clicked with him. And I'm so pleased because I've been a big fan of these, but even I was losing faith with it a little bit because it, do you know what I mean? And I've been saying for years, yeah, you know, I think you, you've hit the nail on the head there, Joe. Um, I was at Everton with Stonesy when no one heard of him. Roberto Martinez, yeah. we've got this boy. He was he must have been 18 at the time. He said, John Stones, um, he's incredible. Centre-half when I signed uh, that pre-season. His confidence was unbelievable. And, you know, that was his sort of a downfall, wasn't it, for the bit? He's, he was probably yeah. edging too confident, continuously wanted yeah. to play. But what you said there is he's so young and centre-halves will mature and... He's, it, it's the penny's dropped, isn't it? He says, let's, yeah. let's find that right balance between defending, concentration, doing my job first. And for me, he's, he's defending first and that, that brings confidence and enables him to, yeah. to, to use his real strengths and that's the confidence to play out from the back and he's scoring goals now as well, isn't he? So, yeah, yeah he's, he's, it, the penny does drop and it just shows sometimes, I honestly thought he was going to have to leave Man City, but yeah. he's stuck around and... What what a bad decision that would have been if he had left and, and joined right. someone else. You know, with James Madison and John Stones, we'll get on to talking about England in a minute, but you, you look at them both and you think, you know, probably Madison maybe unfairly judged a bit more. I mean, you, you'd you be able to sort of say more there, Joe, and, and playing that attacking thing, but 
Mm. Do you think that, that that is something you've just literally got to go, all I can do is keep on coming into training, just trying to up my game, mm. get that little bit better, get that, you know, get rid of, sort of maybe the mistakes or the sort of small, but mm. yeah, I think it's such a test of character in it to come back like, like John has. Yeah. I mean, so, so John, we've talked about with, with Madison, like you said, I saw his interview the other day and he, he's, he's in great form. I played with Madison when I went to Coventry on loan and it get like young. And you know, when you're a senior player and you're playing with a young player, you know, sh- after the first two or three sessions, this kid's got something. And I was so impressed with him. He was, uh, he was, but it was his confidence, similar to John Stone's. It was, it was all strolling around country, right? It was League One and he was a 17 year old, but it was like, he run, he run the dressing room. He knew he was a star player. It was almost as if like the when he played, he was like, I'm only going to be here a short time, lad. So enjoy me. Do you know what I mean? And I, I saw him do his interview the other night and I loved it. I thought to myself, cause he speaks so well. I think yeah, he's, yeah. A tw- he's in his mid twenties now. He's confident. Um, he's, he, he, and he's one of them players. We're going to go on to England, but he's one of them players like Grealish. You need them players in international football because so much of it is the mindset. You think Madison's going to be worried getting in a World Cup game, getting the ball rolled to him, getting all nervous and just getting rid of it and trying to give it. No, he's going to want that ball. He's going to use his body. Same with Grealish. Them type of characters, we need to, you don't knock them down. I loved it when he spoke like that. I thought, great. As a manager looking at it, I can trust you because I know when the moments come, you're you're not going to flap. You're going to handle the ball, and I think he's he's a top class player, Madison. I really do. With it, Gareth, do you what do you think it will take? Do you think Leicester can win the league? Do you think that there's you know not lightning striking twice, but you know I, I watched them against Chelsea. I've got to say, and I was like, they, out of every team we're talking about in the mix, they feel that their team spirit is so strong there. You know, there's always rumblings, you know, of successful teams sort of second series, season, sorry, um, syndrome of you know Liverpool certain players sort of you know. Heads might be turned by other players, but it's feel, uh, other teams. Sorry, with Leicester, it feels like the team spirit there is unreal. And, and I think what you're saying there, Joe, is, and it feels like James Madison is probably right at the centre of that. Do you think that? What do you think of Leicester's chances? Is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I think I've already said the two. I think Liverpool and City are still for me the, the two ones, but they're they're real contenders. They're for me on the same level as Man United. They've, they've got as much chance as them. They're the confidence, the manager, he's, he's oozing confidence, and you can just tell the, the spirit. The spirit is there, isn't it? There are there are players in that in that team that have won the league before. That's going to be so important when it comes to, to, to the back end of the season. You know, a couple of us have been here before. We know what it takes. Um, but yeah, they've been so good at adapting their style against different teams, and that's that's one of their strengths. You know, compared to a, to a lot of the other teams who are a bit more one dimensional. Brendan Rodgers is clever. He's got the players in that in that squad that, that can adapt and they've got they've got a, a nice mix in there with Vardy, Johnny Evans, real experience and some younger players alongside them. And yeah, really enjoy one of the teams I really enjoy watching. One of my favourite parts of the show now, Gareth. We're gonna move it on. <laughs> We're gonna do uh, a new bit of the show that me and Joe have developed over Christmas called What Really Happened. Um yeah. and uh we talk about we get we get people, fans of the podcast to write in. Um and the one when we said that you were coming on the show. The thing that everyone wants to know about is 2010 in South Africa. And this is to both of you. Because, yeah. and, and this is me as a fan as well, like a massive England fan. Um, that well, I guess what happened? Because you look at that, when we're talking now, we're talking about John Stones and we're talking about Grealish and we're talking about Madison. And it, like, it feels like, wow, this is this another golden generation? And, you know, I was chatting to Jack, the producer of this before, and 
you look at the team and the ages you all were going into 2010. And I, I, you know, I think, you know, I lumped on pretty big in 2010 thinking we were, I say every year, (laughs) we're going to do it. But what, what did go wrong there? Do you guys think? And and that's to both of you. Um, I think the the, the confidence was there because, because as always, the the way we qualified was, was unbelievable that we were, we had a new manager. Everyone was believing in Capello. We finally got the manager that's disciplined and can get the best out of these players. You know, it got it got to South Africa. It just felt flat. Everyone felt flat. Everyone felt knackered, and you know the, the performances sort of showed that. Really, there was it just didn't get any momentum at all. We squeezed through the the, the groups. You know, it was um, Algeria, America, and I think it was Slovenia. I, I remember uh, <laughs> I remember reading an article, and um, it was it was subtitled easy England E Algeria A. S was Slovenia and Y was Yanks and it was like easy and it was, it was anything but easy to get through that group. We, 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 we crawled through it and there was just never no momentum and no confidence, was there? I mean, there, no. there's, there's always excuses. There, there, was, there was injuries. I think uh, did Rio get injured out there? Yeah. Um, it was, I think Wayne Rooney was, was yeah. uh, injured beforehand. Maybe. How, how um, many times? How many times? I think it, all my tournaments went to we sort of limp into them, like whether it be Gareth had a knock. You, I remember, right, you had an ankle yeah, injury. Yeah, like cruciate ligaments, yeah. So yeah. that was six weeks before. Uh, that was, that was, you know, so Rio, we'd lost Rio. Then Ledley King, uh, who was brought in to recover, he, we, he couldn't play. Um, so then you're, going, you're not looking, you're not saying it's excuses because, because I'm yeah, just looking back and looking for excuses. reasons. It's just like, yeah. we never quite got it right. And, and to win a tournament, you need to get it right and you need a little bit of luck. But that, going into the tournament, I remember what Gareth saying is it, the flatness to it. Like, Capello, great manager, and I've said it, I've been a great manager. And what done me was, because I used to sit and watch the games, and when him and his staff were watching the, uh, the Italy game and cheering on Italy, I just, yeah. something didn't feel right. And then he was a great club manager. And then, but, you got, there's, I think there's a, the skill set, which I think Gareth Southgate does wise in terms of you have to make international football light and you have to make it fun because there's so much pressure on you going into a tournament to, to, to put more pressure. It doesn't make sense. So, you know, the way we were supposed to, everything was so rigid. We were stuck away in the middle of nowhere. You know, it's not human nature. Like when we get all these players who play for all the top clubs, you don't, you, you play on a Saturday and Wednesday and Saturday, you don't lock yourself away. You sort of go and you go to a restaurant, uh, you go and see your family, you go and play golf, or you go and eat when you want, just like lose the pressure a little bit. So you do not, but it, 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 Capello seemed to think it was like, right, you eat at this time, do it this time, everything, everything was stressed and pressure. Then we had the injuries, you know, and I don't, listen, we wasn't good enough. I've said it, I said it straight after we wasn't good enough, you know, because no one likes someone making up excuses, but I, I think we wasn't good enough from, players, coaches, start, uh, management, not just the players, if you know what I mean. I think if we'd have had, listen, I think if had someone like Harry Redknapp in there at the time, I think he would have made it a better environment and the players would have reacted better. I'm not saying we would have won it, but it, I think it would have done better. I think Capello was a great manager, but not for international football. Frank, Frank's goal was not talked about enough either. Do you think that would have changed anything? Coley, like the moment, um, Frank's goal that obviously at the bar, oh, two-two, yeah, a little uh, yeah, moment. moments, you, mate. You're chasing moments the game second game. half, aren't you? And then we get yeah. peppered by Germany. But 
that that one moment doesn't get talked about enough, really. No, I remember right because I remember watching Germany and because we could have got Germany or Ghana, and when we got Germany in the next round, because yeah, I remember thinking, do you know what? I'm not that unhappy about it because it wasn't the Germans of. You, the, the machine that they turned into, they yeah. were like young, weren't they? Like we didn't yeah. know Thomas Muller and Botang and, you know, we didn't know they was going to turn out to be these footballing greats. And I sort of like, I didn't say it to anyone, but I thought, listen, the Ghanaians were like, we, they were physical and they, they was like a banana skin. You know, you could, have, you could, if you, if you lose to them, it's going to get, you're going to get hammered. You lose to Germany. So I thought, ah, oh, I quite fancy it's more against the, as yeah. bad as it sounds, it gets the Germans and the Ghanaians. But yeah. and it's so I went into the game and then they started off well. We got back in the game through Matty Upson. Yeah. I was on the bench and I remember when Frank's goal went in, I could see clearly it was like two yards over the line. And when he didn't give it, I was just like and then they just kicked into gear. I think um a couple of defensive mistakes and the game went away from us and it yeah. just felt like it just felt horrible, to be yeah. honest. That's my, that was my last game for England, that. I never played again. Really? So it was, yeah, yeah. yeah I've come on memories. with like 15 minutes and I just, yeah, never played again for England. Yeah. But that half-time team talk, you're talking about a goal. I remember Capello saying, forget about it, but I just think it was so hard to forget about it. It was that far over the line. Yeah. It was the, the half-time team talk was almost discussing how they missed that rather than how yeah. we getting into this game. Yeah. It's, um, I know. Yeah. The golden generation there, you look at it and you think, unlike now where you've got a lot of really good at, say, attacking midfielders coming through, or, or yeah, we've got an abundance of people who might be able to score, score goals. At that time, you think, well, you know, you've got Ashley Cole, arguably the best left-back in the world. You've got JT, Rio, yourself, Gareth, you know, um, Stevie G, you've got Frank Lampard, Jujo, Wayne Rooney. You know, these people, but it, look, that's a team. It's a structure of an mm. actual sort of like a starting eleven, And... Mm. Do you, how much does that, you know, where we talk about it and, you know, I don't know, you know, how you feel about it, but what you say about winning those Premier Leagues and FA Cups, is there any time where you think, fucking hell, man, we could have just done that little bit better. We, we were that good. Do you ever, does that ever cross your mind? I think if you speak to, if you speak to any English player like Joe, Stephen Joe Lampard, that won everything, <laughs> their regret will be all the same. That, that They would have loved to have done it with England because you dream about playing for your country as a kid. And you dream about winning, you know, World Cups, European Championship for your country. And, you know, it, of course you're going to feel a tiny bit unfulfilled because the, 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 that, that feeling of winning something, celebrating with your whole country, <laughs> that won't get topped. It's only ever been done one, once in, in lifetime. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's so yeah. hard to do, but it's, there's still going to be, the, if you, it's going to be 99% of an answer about anyone who's played for England. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's always going to be the one that got away for us. I think the only thing that um, you can think of is that these young lads, we're, we're still English, we're both England fans, and the, the less the mistakes we made as a football team and a footballing generation, these young lads have, can learn from it, and one day we're going to do it, and you, you're going to be part of the whole story of it. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm an England fan now. But do you, do you now look at it and think like, you know, watching Gareth and the way that Gareth, number one, I think he protects his players. He, he, I think he, as a manager, it's almost like he, you talk about Capello maybe not being right for international management. It feels like Gareth Southgate is just bang on for international man, management. Mm. I don't know if you, did you play with him, uh, Gareth? Uh, yeah, he was, he was incredible for me because I come through the team as a, 
17 year old and I was playing alongside him as a centre half left centre half of a free back mm. then so I, I know his character very well and you know he's uh, he's very down to earth and obviously thinks of other people for himself sometimes and so yeah he was always going to be a, a manager for me and, and one that treats players correctly um, yeah but being for, going back to England it, we, you spoke earlier but in previous England teams you you probably know the starting eleven nine times out of ten, don't you? Going back the years, their, their names you've, mm. you've reeled off. The exciting thing now is it's an unbelievable debate who who should even be going to the uh, to the to the yeah. to the championships rather than rather than you know not even saying who who's nailed down to start. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at it now and I think you know again, you don't. I don't think any of us want to get unduly excited, but you look at that talent and even like. I was watching Arsenal the other night and you see Smith Rowe coming through who's sort of, he's just, I mean, he, he feels a really exciting young player. He, you know, he's, mm. his, his ability on the ball is unreal. And, and you sort of think him and Saka and then you look across and Grealish and it, you know, it, yeah, like you say, Gareth, it, it feels for the first time where, you, you know, even down to like a right back, you know, you've got four or five different people who, who could, co- who could make that theirs. You know, you, yeah. you know, you got six Reece. weeks ago, I thought, I thought the, the problem position was probably centre half. But yeah. John Stones, yeah. all of a sudden, like, it's yeah. a huge bonus for Gareth Southgate. He, also, Harry Maguire started to... Harry's had a couple of great games. He, I thought he was he was brilliant yeah. the other day. I think if they can get him the right person next to him at United. And yeah, the big one I think is, I think obviously for De- you know, Declan is sort of your position almost, Gareth. Do you know what I mean? That holding midfielder. Do you mind you a bit of yourself there, Gareth? Like that sort of, like I remember seeing like when you came through, but that sort of older head on, on sort of younger, uh, like young shoulders and sort of, you know, it did, do you see a likeness there at all? Gareth's never been a young player, he's just a senior player at a young age. Like, even when we used to go with England under 16s, it was almost like he just, he, he knew more than us. Like, he was he's, proper. Been. He's, been, he's been here before. He's had a 20 year career at 16. Yeah, no, I really like Declan Rice. He's, uh, the thing is with me, I didn't really learn that central midfield role till, you know, at least 23, 24. Declan Rice has been playing there for three, three seasons now. So, for me, he can only get better. He, he knows the game so well already. Uh, even driving forward, he's different to me. He, he's got a bit of pace behind him. He drives forward with that ball and, you know, you see, you see players not being able to catch him. So, if he can add that tiny bit more attacking thing to his game as well, he's, you can understand why the top clubs are after him. Sorry, Tom, they're after him, mate. <laughs> mate but that, that's what I was going to ask you. <laughs> I don't, mate, I'm well aware of it. I'm well aware of, you know, of how good he is and I'm just going to enjoy him while he's there. But do you think, what do you think they're, even like that for you, Gareth, you think, you know, when you sign for City from Villa and sort of saying, you know, Villa and West Ham is sort of similar sort of size clubs, um, would you say that it's better for him that, you know, a couple of years' time or, you know, wait till, wait till the perfect move comes through as, as sort of you did? Or is it just saying, like, you know, soon you can be playing Champions League football, the better? Uh, from, from a neutral, and I'll be completely honest, I, I, I honestly think he should should enjoy what he's got at West Ham at the minute. He's he's captain of a, a big football club, which if he goes somewhere else, he, he ain't going to experience that. So th- th- being a captain, a leader, that that's going to improve him. Which if he leaves, he's not going to get that. Um, he's still only 22. The one thing that will be edging away, people are being his ear, will saying, well, you need to be playing Champions League football as soon as possible. But for me, another year, even two years, you know, give West Ham a chance to, to get there. Give him a chance. Give him the opportunity to captain a team to to get into European football, and then reassess it there. So for me, Declan Rice is in the perfect place for for at least a year to eighteen months, and give West Ham the chance. Joe, what do you think on it? 
Mate, you're, you're his new favourite player now. Okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it, Gareth. Joe's like, he'll be going to Chelsea if Cole, I've Cole is the perfect, <laughs> Cole is the perfect play, player to ask. He left early, didn't he? For Fielding <laughs> being a younger age. Uh, I think I was 21 when I left. Um, I know, you were, mate. Slipped yeah. through the fucking long grass as soon as you could. <laughs> yeah, that cold, he weren't ca- were captain though was he no no that cold, he would have been uh, if he'd stayed around I was captain at the time I was oh no it's a liberty isn't it it's a stinking liberty oh. um, what was I going to say um, do I think I can, I can see both I think what happen, what happens in the next three months at West Ham if West Ham can nick European football Europa League I think he should stay I think he should, because there's progress. I'm just thinking, putting myself in the lad's boots, there's progress now, if that's the case. If that's not the case, and he doesn't play for England at the Euros, they go with someone else in his position, his head will be turned. So it's all, like, we can have it, we've got an opinion, but it's going to change in the next two months. If West Ham can finish in Europa Cup places, and he's going to be the first captain to captain West Ham into Europe next year, that's that's a massive achievement. For yeah. a long time, since like the mid 2000s or whenever the last time West Ham got there. So I think that's going to be a big draw for him. It's just, it's going to be on how the next two months goes. Yeah. I, I just don't feel his England place is under threat, even playing at West Ham at the moment. No. He's one of the first names no, on the no, team no, no, sheet. No. So no. It's, another, it's another point where he doesn't need to move for that reason at the minute. But like yeah. you say, Joe, it can change, can't it? It can change quickly. Do you, mm. I mean, talking about and someone who's probably in a bit of a similar position is, is Jack Grealish at, um, at Villa there. Gareth, do you, I mean, I've got to say, by the way, I think like Villa, is, I mean, it's like, you know, West Ham have played well, but the football Villa are playing is, is great, man. And, mm. and they're, they're so, they're sort of, it's, it's, it's a weird thing because they're almost, you know, sort of t- when people first come up and they're fearless and they're sort of, sort of almost moving on from like, you know, doing well in the championship and they keep that momentum going. It feels like Villa, you know, Dean Smith and, and what he's done there is it's just, they, they, they feel like they're fearless in the way that they play. And obviously they play a lot around Jack. Do you, how, how much do you think, like Jack's head might be swayed because he he's almost he's a little different from from Declan in the way that he has got you know you've got sort of maybe four or five people sort of vying for that same role. Yeah, yeah. In terms of guaranteeing his England place, he's in a completely different situation to Declan. Um, that that will be crossing his mind if he was to make a move. Does that cement him in the England team? Because for me, he probably he's probably not had the minutes he should have done in an England shirt, Jack Grealish. Yeah, hopefully that will come. Um, but yeah, it's such a difficult one. He's a huge Villa fan, isn't he? That that's a, another big thing. He's cap- he's captain in his you know his boyhood club. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a bit older than Declan, um, and it's the same thing. Villa will be under pressure to try and get into them European places, and uh, that that could have a impact on his decision. Um, but he's so he's so sought after. I think more than Declan, mm, yeah. probably got every team up there would would, would love him. Um, yeah. So it's going to be so hard to, to to fend them all off, if you know what I mean. I mean, they're they're at the three to one for a top six finish with Coral. Three to one. Uh, three to they one. got games in hand, haven't they? Yeah, I mean they're eleven for several games. I mean, it, it is one of those things where you just think they that it's doable, isn't it? I think that's that's a beauty. I, I know some people. I was on Twitter the other day, and you saw some people was laying into this season. I've loved this season. I think it's probably because mm. West Ham are doing well, but yeah, yeah, no, but you know, there's teams up there, and it, and it feels that. You know, it's sort of it, there, there's going to be some real shocks and some real surprises, and every, it feels at the moment like sort of probably sort of like you say. Even though Joe, I was watching Fulham the other the other night, and every team seems like it's having their sort of moment in the sun a little bit. You know, 
Yeah, I, I, I watch Fulham and the way they move the ball, the way the quality they got in the team, you know, Loftus Cheek, Lookman, uh, and, and I look at them and I think they're, they're, they've only got 12 points or something. They're, they're second bottom. And I'm like, they look like a proper outfit. Like they push Chelsea all the way. So I love it this year. There's so much quality. Anyone can beat anyone. It's great for the bookies. Coral are loving it. Coral having the time of their life. They're having a the time of their life. No, they don't, nobody knows who's going to win. Look at us. We can't pick a winner when we do our things, can we? So no, that shows I mean, us where, where we are. Well, you've, you've, I say that's a seamless little move through there, Joe. Seamless. Seamless. We, I'm we have a media gone to man predictions. Now, you are, I'll tell you, mate. <laughs> You'd say, if you could just get your timekeeping sorted, we'd be, you'd be the dream man. Boys, I can only learn I off you two. Support. I can only learn. <laughs> I'll tell you who we could all learn from, right, is our first ever 100% predictions. Okay. Andy That's Cole last week got 100%. He picked right. Leicester to beat Southampton, West Ham to beat Burnley, okay. and the Liverpool Man United draw. Can I just say, big man, oh. I'm going to take credit for that. I'll give him an hour to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'll tell you, I don't know what you were doing in that hour, oh. but you had a stinker. You got literally your first ever, our first ever, this is the show's first ever, 0% right, Joe. Oh, you got none God. of them right. Oh, I, I did okay. He's rushing around left, right and centre. He ain't yeah, got time yeah. for predictions. <laughs> he, was, he, he was having a swim and a Solero. He had about five Soleros during oh, that mate, yeah, mate. They're them chocolates. Remember them from two episodes ago? Oh, I'm going to get you a packet of them. They're going to love I'll tell you what, I'll be looking forward to them. Right. Yeah. So, Gareth, yes. big things, mate. Big things stepping up. Go right. on then. What, I'll get, what games are we on? We're going to go first. One answer. Win. Who's going to win or is it a draw? So, we're going to yeah. go first. Man United, Liverpool, FA Cup this week. Who we got? Man United, Liverpool. I'm going to go. Um, United win. JC? United win. I want to go United win as well. I thought I was going to be controversial oh, there. Same wavelength. Here we go nice. now. Villa versus Newcastle. Villa win. Newcastle can't win. wait to get out of that. Joe, right, this isn't yeah. going to be very fun if you just cough <laughs> no, 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 listen, you're asking me what I think. Asking... Joe, you, Joe, you go first next one. Yeah, Joe, I'll you go first. first. I'll go first. I'm, I'm going to change it up and I'm going to go draw. I'm going to go draw there. Okay. I do think it's going to be Villa, but I've got to try and put away from you two. Right, so now we're going to go a curveball, right? Chorley versus Wolves. I'm a big man. Wolves win. No, we're all going to go Wolves win. Wolves win. Me and Coley on the same wavelength again. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to just go say Chorley. Because <laughs> you can. Because <laughs> uh, I have to. And I'll tell you what, I think the highlight... If you win this week, mate, are, I'm telling you. What, what price I'll are they? I'll take you out. What price I'll are take Chorley? you out for a steak dinner. Have that. Chorley win. <laughs> We can, we can sit two metres apart we're from going each other. Wagyu. We're going Wagyu as well, big man. <laughs> I bet you can put some red meat as well, as well to size you. Surely at 25 to 1, uh, Coral have got them 25 to 1. I mean, if I'm honest with you, that, that is, that, that's, that's small odds really for, for that against Wolves. Uh, automatic win if you get that one, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll take all three games if I get that one. Yeah. And what are Crawley? Definitely. Can I have, what's, what's Crawley versus, uh, Bournemouth? Nine to one. Nine to one? Yeah. That's, our, our guest is getting information quicker than us and all of the teams. That's a bad sign, so we, we need better, all right, from the whole group. To, to Jack and the whole production, and to you, Joe, right? Listen. Like, Gareth Barry could run this whole thing on his own. Probably. <laughs> I'm not, not doubting it, no way. He was the first online. He didn't have any problem oh, with any no. of the technical issues. 
I had to get, had to get out the homeschooling. I, I got here early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he taught me out a count of 20 in French before we started on it. <laughs> Listen, it's been an absolute joy chatting to you, Gareth, as always, mate. You're a legend of the game. Um, and hopefully we get to get, uh, catch up again. I'll get Joe's uh, timekeeping to be a little bit better. I don't know. Not timekeeping, tech skills. I resent that. I'm always on time. I just don't <laughs> have to work the computer. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you said it before. You'll only wait for certain people. Coley's one of them, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's a... Nah, he's a, nah, he's a love a, you, mate. Love you. Yeah. Cheers, boys. Been a, Cheers, Gareth. Brilliant. Cheers, guys. Legend, mate. Have a good one, boys. Take Thank care. You. Thanks for listening, guys. You've been listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. Nice one. You've been listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral.